Welcome back to our High Five, where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, Michael attended our Concord Outpost last Sunday and found himself ready to respond to what God was calling him to do. Having given his life to Jesus, Michael followed in baptism. High five, Michael. We're all celebrating with you today. Up at number four, this past Tuesday, our Wise and Wonderful group met at Bearbrook State Park where they enjoyed good food, cornhole, and a devotional. If you are 55 or older and looking for a place to build community, grow in faith, and encourage one another, Wise and Wonderful meets next on August 15th at our Manchester Outpost. So check out church.one groups for more information and high five to more times like these. Here at number three, Right now, a team of people from One Church and Outreach Partner Mission Life are in the city of Kigali, Rwanda. On this 10-day trip, they're reconnecting with local friends, worshiping with churches, and serving people with many needs. So let's keep this team in prayer. High five to sharing God's love all over the world. Up at number two, recently, our young adults group met up in Rye for a beach day where they enjoyed the warm, sunny weather. It was a sweet time together and there's more to come. Young Adults is meeting for an event every other week throughout the summer. So if you're a young adult ages 18 through 29 who's been looking for a place to have some fun, connect with others and grow in your faith, visit church.one groups to find the next young adult group gathering and join in on the next one. And finally, up at number one, our Manchester Outpost is celebrating seven baptisms recently. High five to Sally, Mackenzie, Dawn, Camden, Joseph, Amaya, and Janice. We're so excited for how God will continue to work in and through you. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. Woohoo! I always love to see the baptisms that, that happen, the way in which God is moving in people's lives, and I, I know that it takes, takes all different forms, that sometimes it's that decision to be baptized into Him, and sometimes it's a decision to step up when God is calling you to step up, and sometimes like it's, it's to speak up. There's all kinds of ways in which God uh, invites us into His mission, and so it's wonderful. Uh, we are wrapping up our series called Bedtime Stories. We're looking at these stories in the Old Testament that are kind of unique. Like you often, if you've ever like, read through some of the Old Testament, you either read one of these stories and you're like, what? What in the world's going on here? Or you kind of skip past it in the midst of some of the bigger stories. And yet we're looking at some of these interesting ones, like a floating axe head and being fed by birds and swallowed by a fish and all these kind of weird stories um, in the midst of the, uh, midst of the scriptures. Today we're in Joshua chapter 10. And it's kind of about a battle. It's about battles. And I was thinking about battles. I'm thinking like life has battles. Like your life is a battle. Like there's battles that you face. There's, there's real battles that we go through. And it probably doesn't take a guy on a stage to tell you that life sometimes can be hard and that sometimes there's battles in the midst of them. And you probably, even as I say that, you can think about certain battles that maybe you've gone through. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's the best way to start. It's like, man, you've gone through battles and yet God has met you in those battles and he's helped you in the midst of those battles. And maybe now you're facing another battle. And man, they take all forms, don't they? They take forms of relational battles. We certainly can have those sometimes in our marriages. Marriage can be tough. Parenting battles, holy moly, there's something there. And in, in parenting struggles, personal battles, like, like, man, we all have them, don't we? We all have some type of personal battle that we're going through, whether you're, you, you struggle with your emotional stuff going on or depression or, or, or addiction. There's all of these battles that are personal or there are just thoughts in your head of like, why do I always think this or feel like this? There's all kinds of battles that we go through. That's all negative. 
I realize that sometimes we're called into positive battles. Like sometimes we're called to, to adventure type of battles. Like sometimes the battles that we're called into is like, no, God has created me and put me on this world for a reason and for this purpose. And he's put me around my coworkers and he's put people in my family and he's put people in my life to, to say, no, I'm called to step up into this. I, I get to step into battle and, and man, it's scary and it's risky, but, but everything else is boredom, isn't it? Like there's adventure sometimes when you're st stepping with God and taking risk. And so we're talking about battles. The beauty of the battle is that Probably the greatest battle that we face is the struggle with, with self and the struggle with... Now, we could say death. Death seems to have been the biggest struggle that humankind would face. It's like death as the battle. But, but Scripture will talk about we have this struggle of sin, of like there's this standard of who God is and who he calls me to be, and I'm not that. I got flaws. Anybody else in this room got some flaws? I got some flaws. We got some flaws, and like what do you do in the midst of these flaws? It's like, well, there's nothing that you can do. There's something that God has done. And so God stepped into a battle that I was getting demolished in, and he will step into that battle for you, the battle that you were getting demolished in, and he, he sent his son to you to say that which you can't do by your own strength, because sometimes I've tried to do it by my own strength, and how's that going, right? How does that work out when you're trying to do it in your own strength? And he says, the strength that you don't have, I will be for you, and so I will step into your battle, I will fight your battle. In fact, I will give my son, he will give his life, so that you can find life through him and in him. And his scripture will say it this way, for God so loved the world that he sent his son to step into the battlefield, that he himself died and sacrificed himself so that you could find life and victory in the midst of the battle. And so I say all that to get to Psalm 107, verse 2, which is our memory verse in this series. And it says this, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. You know, the thing that unites us is our humanity, is, and our humanity is our mistakes and our fallenness, but the thing that unites us as his church is that we're all in desperate need of the grace of God. And in that desperate need, he reached out and he saved us, and he will save us, and he is saving us. And so we say, let the redeemed of the Lord, let's tell our story. That's the power of the church. The power of the church is not the gathering on a Sunday. There's power in this moment. God is revealed in the worship of his people. But there's the, the power of the church is when you leave this place with your story. And you're like, well, my story is a messed up story. And I'm like, well, God can make a masterpiece out of that messed up story. So go tell your story. Let other people know. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And so our memory verse is going to be on the screen here in a second. On both screens here. It says Psalm 107, verse 2, and there we go. I was just about to challenge you on the memory verse if it didn't pop up there, but here we go. Psalm 107, verse 2, it says this. Say it loud and proud with me. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. So in the midst of the battles, three, three, so today we're talking about three key things, three key things for battles. Now, maybe before we get to the key things, maybe the, one of the primary key things is scripture will say this, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. My guess is that somewhere in your life there's the battle and you think it's a person. You think it has a name and a face to it. But what scripture will say in Ephesians chapter 6 is, no, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but we, we usually put names and faces or people groups onto the battles that we fight. And what scripture will say, no, no, you're, you're fighting the wrong battle. The battle, is, the battle is a spiritual battle. That's what's important. So what are, the keys to, what are some of the keys to battle that we learn from Joshua chapter 2 and 10? The first is, one of the first keys to battle, and it's going to seem so obvious, and it's going to seem so simple, that you're going to be like, I'm not sure if that's the best way, I'm not sure if that's the sole solution to a battle. Well, I think it's part of the solution, and the first one is this, is to show up. One of the keys to battle is to show up. One of the keys of a battle is to show up. 
What do I mean by that? Don't retreat. What do I mean by that? Like, don't hide. What I mean by that is like God is calling you into something. Or maybe God is challenging you to face something. Or maybe God is calling you into an adventure with how he wants you to tell your story to someone else, your coworker, your family. Or, or maybe he's calling you to step into something. You're like, I don't know what to do. Well, the first thing you do, the first key to battle is to show up. So could I ask you, like, if, I could, if, I, if you'd like, we could have like this kind of a personal conversation. Where in your life is God calling you to show up? Like, is it your marriage? Is it your parenting? Is it... Like, and I don't mean that to overly guilt or, or heavy-handed because there's, because there's adventure when we're willing to show up, but to say, okay, God, where do you want me to show up? So here's the story, Joshua chapter 10. Um, the nation of Israel has been delivered by God from slavery in Egypt, and they're wandering through the wilderness, and God's bringing them into the promised land. And God is a force with his people. Our God is a mighty God. He, he is for us, and when God is for you, there is nothing that can stand against you, which is a great principle to, to know and to live by. And so God is with his people, and so as he's bringing them into the land that he has promised them, there's other nations that are being driven out, and so um, there's lots of battles. There's actually lots of real and physical battles that the Israelites are facing, but they're being victorious in all of them. Israel keeps winning, and it doesn't make any sense that because there are a bunch of slaves that have been delivered. They're just this ragtag bunch of people, and, and so the nations around them are like, what in the world is going on there and all they can figure out is well it must be the God of the Israelites there he must be something there must be they must be tapped into some type of power and so the nations around them around the Canaanite area where Israel was God's going to give them the land they're terrified and so one of the surrounding cities of Israel come to Joshua they were the Gideonites. The Gideonites come to Joshua and they say, hey, we want to make an alliance with you. Now, they kind of tricked him. They made it sound like they were far off. They wore, out, they wore different clothes. They brought things that were wore out. They're tricking him. We want to build an alliance with you. Look, we're this far off people. We don't want to fight. We don't want to fight, so let's build, a, let's build an alliance. And Joshua's like, okay. He didn't really ask God about it, but he's like, okay, we'll build an alliance. Well, what happens next is all of these other kings, five Amorite kings, they get together. I don't know where kings get together, but they all got together and they're like, we don't like what's happening with Israel and the Gibeonites. It seems like there's, it's all, we're talking about political stuff here. Like, like there's, this, there's this alliance being built over here. And so these other five Amorite kings, they say, let's get together. We, we, we cannot face what, with this, this God of Israel. We don't necessarily know what to do. And so they banded together and they decided to attack, first and foremost, the Gibeonites because they were the ones who went with Israel. I mean, yeah, they were the ones who went with Israel. So the Gibeonites, they send word to Joshua. Hey, Joshua, remember that alliance? Remember that thing that we, we had? We need you. And so the question, I suppose, at this moment is, what is Joshua going to do? What do you do when you're called into battle? Well, one of the first things you do when you're called into battle is you show up. Now, Joshua was tricked, and they were kind of duped into building this alliance, but what do you do in the midst of it when, when you've said you, you will do this? So that's where we pick up. In Joshua chapter 10, Joshua chapter 10, verses 7 through 9, just a few verses here. It says, so Joshua marched up. Joshua stepped into the battle. There's a battle in front of me. What do I do? Well, I could do something other than do what I said I would do, but so Joshua marched up. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his, arm, with his entire army, including the best fighting men. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua, do not be afraid of them because I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Now after an all night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. You know, when I think about 
battles. I know we're talking about a physical battle here. But I think about the battles of your life. What do, we, what do you do when you face a battle? Well, the first thing, and my prayer is that this might, might speak to your heart on some level. The first thing you do is you show up. In your marriage, what's the first thing? You show up. In your, in your parenting, what's the first thing you do? Well, the first thing is you, you show up. When you go to work and you're, you're, you're facing maybe difficult times and you're, you're tired of, like, you're, maybe you're tired of your boss or you're tired of court, what do you do? You, you show up. You step into it. You say, God, you've given me today. And God, how can I be the person that you've called me to be in, in the situations that you've put in front of me? And how do I do it? So Joshua, when he's called to step into battle, here's what he does. He shows up. Did he need to show up? Well, I don't know. I guess we could wrestle through this. And so, as we're talking about, we had this little phrase, this idea of let's go. You know how, you know how in sports, like, you kind of ramp each other up? Whether the tide needs to turn, you're like, let's go! Like, you ever have that moment? And, maybe, and I think about it when you're calling your kids to, to leave the house. Like, let's go! But I mean in a positive way. Like, like you're, you're, you're getting your team together. It's like, let's go! Let's get after this. We're ready. You're almost trying to psych yourself up. It's like, let's go! And so what are the things that we're to What are some things we're supposed to chase? Well, the first thing, let's go. What does it look like? It means keeping your word. What do you do in the face of battles that you face? Well, the first thing you do is you keep your word. And where is God calling you to, to keep the words that you said? So Joshua, like I suppose he, he probably was frustrated. He was a group of people who tricked him into making an alliance. And you could say, well, you're on your own there. It was all built in deceit. Or Joshua could say, no, this is what I said I would do. And therefore, I'm going to do it. Isn't it funny how sometimes the way we face battles are, can be in such the simple things of doing what we said we would do? I think about that in terms of life and, and relationships and work. To be a people who follow Jesus and do the things that we said we would do. Jesus will say this. He says, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And it doesn't like, like, like this, it's not like this grand battle strategy, but what does he say? He says, I want you to show up and I want you to, I want you to keep your word. There's a little phrase there's a little phrase, as you read through these stories, and I would say as you read through scripture, watch for the little weird phrases. It says, so Joshua bought, brought all his fighting men, even his best fighting men, which I thought is a weird phrase. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Like, he brought his best. So I thought about, like, when we say let's go, there's this part of, well, I'm going to keep my word, but there's this other part of, well, I'm going to do my best. It's like, I'm not going to dial it in. I'm not going to, like, if, if there is a battle, and if life is a battle, like, life is filled with battles, there, there's, there's, there could be this temptation maybe to go to work tomorrow and just kind of dial it in and say, well, I guess I'll, I, I will just get through the, the eight hours or nine hours or however, whatever God might be calling me to. But no, I'm going I'm to give my best. It says Joshua bought, brought his very best fighting men. Scripture will say it this way, when you work for man, work as though you're working for the Lord. Do your best. How do you face battles like, you know, like in a very practical way in our lives? What are we supposed to do in life today? Show up. Show up. Do the things that you said you would do. Uh, bring your best to the table and then do not fear. Joshua said, or God said to Joshua, Joshua, I don't want you to be afraid of them. And I thought about the things that God might be calling us to step into. And maybe he's calling you to step into a battle, and maybe it's a real battle, and maybe it's one of the, it's a hard battle. 
Because like, like I said, sometimes there's the adventure battle and sometimes there's the hard battle. Well, one of the, one of the obstacles of faith is fear. What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? Like, we sometimes have a hard time facing if, when, when things go wrong or bad or not the way we want. God says to Joshua, do not fear. Joshua, I want you to show up. So Joshua went up to Gilgal. And Joshua, I want you to give your best. So he brought his very best fighting men. Joshua, I don't want you to be afraid. Where in my life, God, am I living in fear? Where in our lives, God, are we living in fear? When you call us to, to make an impact in our world and to step into you with whatever that battle might look like in our families or for our families or for our marriages or for our, our, our world, Lord, help us to not fear, but to trust. And then lastly is to not give up. It says they marched all night. They marched all through the night. The book of James will talk a lot about perseverance. Because the battles of life, they're real, and you know yours. You know what you're going through right now, and it's hard. And we, all, we know it's hard, and Scripture will say, well, part of what the battle does is the battle will start to refine you. And you're like, I'm tired of being refined. I'm like, there ain't nothing left to me. And God's like, that's great. That's a great built place to build. That's a great place to start working. And so let the battle refine you. Let, don't give up. Persevere. And maybe in your life, that's what God is calling you to. He's calling you to perseverance, to, to walk with him, to step with him, and to persevere. And so the first key to battle is show up. The second key to battle, uh, I, I, okay, maybe they're all of equal importance, but, but, but the second part is, is to watch God do his work. To watch what God does. So Joshua steps into the battle. He shows up. He keeps his word. He perseveres through the night. He gets the army there, and this is what happens next. Watch what God does. And maybe in your life, that's what God's telling you. He's like, are you scared? I know you're scared. Do you not want to step into it? I know you don't want to step into it. Are you willing to trust me? And, and whatever, that, whatever it is in your mind, are you willing to take that step of faith? Watch what I can do. Watch me show up. It says, the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. Because they're there. They're there in the middle of the night. They've marched through the night. Gibeon's like, hey, we need help over here because the Amorite kings are coming after us. And Joshua's like, okay, we're going to go through the night. And they go through the night and they come in the middle of the night and surprise, there they are. And this is what it says. So the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Now Israel pursued them all along the road up to Beth Haran and cut them down all the way from Azekah to Makedah. And as they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Haran to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Now on the day the Lord God, God gave, the Israelites, gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son Stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down a full day. What is God asking for you, of you, in your life, in the midst of the battles that you face? Show up. Show up. 
and then watch him do his work. I was thinking about how that seems to be the pattern. Moses, I want you to go deliver my people from Israel. Who am I, God? They're not even going to listen to me. Moses, I just want you to show up. And then I want you to watch what I'm going to do. David is taking cheese to his brothers on the battlefield, and there's this giant named Goliath speaking against the God of Israel. And David's like, is this, is this okay? And like, well, no one wants to fight him. And David says, I'll fight him. You show up, and then you watch what God does. There's this temptation to think. Because you watch, you watch the battle, and it says that Joshua, when they got to Gibeon, and when they started the battle, man, they, they, they fought them, and they were victorious. And the temptation in the midst of battles is to think is that we're fighting the battle. But if you watch the story, you start to see that it was God who was doing the work. Because the temptation is to think, here's the temptation. If there's a battle and you're like, I'm going to fight in my own strength, well, your strength is going to wear out. And maybe you have been fighting a battle very long for a very long time in your own strength. And I certainly have done that. I probably am still doing that, fighting a battle in your own strength. And God's saying, no, 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 I asked you to show up. I asked you to keep your word and then watch what I can do if you can trust me in the midst of it. Because if you watch the language of the verses we just read, it says it shows God was all at work. He says, so he threw them into confusion. So they show up, so they show up in the middle of the night and they're surprised and they're thrown into confusion. But it says God threw them into confusion. And then, God, then it says that... Um, Hail starts coming. God starts throwing hail upon their enemies. And then the enemy is surprised. Let me say, the enemy will always be surprised when God calls for himself a people who are willing to trust in him because God shows up. And then God threw time out the window. You know how sometimes we're worried about time. I don't know how much time I have. I don't know if there's enough time in the day. I'm burning up daylight. Like we're playing categories and you watch that little sand go through the hourglass and maybe your life is like, I don't have enough time. Like Joshua, as the army is fleeing, he says, kind of a bold prayer when you think about it. He says, sun stands still. He asked God, God, can you make the sun stand still? And it says the sun stood still. But if you watch it, it was God the one who was doing all of it. And I thought about the things that God calls us into, the things that God is calling you into. It's not the power of, it's not your strength. It's not the power of your sword. It's not your chariots. It's your ability to step and say, God, Without you, I'm not sure if there's any army that we could face. I don't know if there's any battle that we can win, but with you, we'll step in faith and trust you, and we know that we can find victory. And so God shows up. And where in your life are you? Are you looking for God to show up? And I know we all have those moments, those places where we're, we're asking God, can you show up in the midst of it? And, and sometimes it's having that willingness to, for us to, to step in and take those first steps of faith. And then finally, the third key to battle, and I, it, it, it might be equally important. I, know, I don't know why I'm trying to discern all of that, but the third, the third thing is to celebrate the victory. To celebrate the victory. Now, why is that so important? I'm not the best celebrator. Like, I don't know, I'm not a partier. 
not the best celebrator. But I've learned over the years to, to realize the importance of celebration. And I might say it in different terms, to, to realize gratitude. Because the, the power of celebration is it looks back in the past moments of your life when you thought the battle was way too big, that it was something too big that, that you could not overcome, but then God overcame it. And what happens is the next battle that you face, you look back and you say, well, God brought me through that battle. And certainly if he brought me through that battle, he can bring me through this battle as well. And so I think celebration is important. And so this is how they celebrate. In verse 14, it says, um, there has never been a day like it before. And never been a day like it since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with, returned with all of Israel to the camp at Gilgal. It's our story. It's the power of our stories. I think about, if you look back, kind of the highlight reel. You have that moment when the Gibeonites call, like, we need your help. And Joshua's like, okay, we'll go. And then they're in the middle of the battle, walking all through the night, and they're coming up on the force, and like, oh no, I don't know if we can make it. And then Joshua says, sun stands still. And they're like, that's a joke. How could that ever happen? And, and yet God answers that prayer, and the sun stands still. And like, yes. And then hail starts, hailstones come down, and, and you start to see God victorious all of it and, over all of it. And we celebrate God that that meets us in the battles that we face. And then he comes through. Every Sunday we have this time of communion together. And the battles that you face, whatever they might be, I, I know they're definitely real. And I know they're definitely things that are probably weighing on you. But can I tell you that a great victory was won on the cross of Jesus? You know, there was a time in history when he made the sun stand still so that it was daylight. There was also a time when he made the sky turn dark. When he made the sun set in the middle of the day, and that was when he gave his son into the battle for you and for me so that we could find life in him. And Jesus will gather together with his disciples and he says, I, I want you to know that I give my life for you. That I know you might be worn out. I know that you might be heavy laden. And I know that the battle in front of you might be far too big for you to be able to bear. But I am sufficient. And that I give my life for you and that if I am for you, there's nothing that can stand against you. There's no battle that you're facing and there's no, no battle that you're being called into that I am not bigger than. And so we take to our king in remembrance of his victory. Jesus then took the juice. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. This is what brings us victory. This is where victory comes from. Scripture will say this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has, come, the old has gone and the new has come. And so we're made into something new, and so we take this in celebration of our newness. Would you all stand with me? Maybe you're here today and you're in some sort of battle. And that's probably, let me just say that's true of all of us. There is some sort of battle that you are in. And the battle, I'm, let me say, is not against flesh and blood. And so 
if there's forgiveness that needs to be given, then, then give forgiveness. If there's things that need reconciled, does it take time? Yeah, I know. It takes some time, but begin that process. Show up in the midst of it. Keep your word and then step into it and watch what God does. But if there's people, like God works through people, and so if there's, if there's prayer that you need, I will be here. Lori will be in the back. We'd love to be able to pray with you about whatever battle you might be facing, whatever way you need someone to come alongside you. And if today is the day that you want to surrender your life and to receive the victory that Jesus gives, you can be baptized into him and we would celebrate that, celebrate that victory as well. Um, so I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for being a God who's mighty to save. And Father, I thank you that your salvation is here and that your salvation is present and it's a gift offered to each and every person here right now, Lord. And maybe it's, maybe it's not for the first time, maybe it's for the 1,000th time, Lord, where we need a victory that can only come by us giving the battle over to you and watching what you can do with it. Lord, I thank you for being a God who shows up, for a God who follows through, for a God that we can celebrate. But Lord, I also pray that whatever you're calling us to step into and trust you in, that we will show up and keep our word and not fear. Lord Jesus, we're here for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As you prepare to get set up, I ask you just, just to draw your hearts and minds to Jesus. Remember that we have the victory in him. And on this day, every single opportunity we get to serve him and to worship him is, a, is an honor and a privilege. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Nothing can stand against what a